Hi, this is Mike. Adrian. Adrian. We're um, starting this podcast, uh, running off of Intelligent Adventist, our website and our Facebook page, uh, discussing different topics that have to do with uh, the Adventist church. Today, we're going to focus in on the topic of education. Um, we're going to discuss things like academic freedom, tenure, um, whether to have non-SDAs attend our schools and how to how to um, cater to them. Uh, but I, I'm the kind of person that likes to start off by building a foundation for discussions like this. So I want to first approach the topic from the perspective of Adventist theology. So uh, there's certain things about Adventist theology that give us um, the, the angle from which we approach almost everything we do. Um, and for example, in this situation with education, one of the main things that affects how we think of education is the fact that we have a different view of the nature of man. So in other contexts, in other Christian contexts, where there's a sort of dualistic mentality, you know, there's the soul, the spirit, the body, um, uh, oftentimes people focus primarily on, on getting the person saved. They're as long as their spirit is saved, the rest doesn't matter as much. But as Adventists, we have a holistic approach to, to, to what man is. And because of that, we focus uh, not only on the gospel, even though we, we, we do cater to that, we do cater to the needs of the soul, but we also have a health message that deals with the needs of the body. And we have uh, this uh, view of education, which addresses the, the person's intellectual development. We, have, um, we worry about the people's social needs and so on. So we have a kind of a holistic approach to to men in general. And that's one of the things that affects how we think about the topic of education. Yeah, so from from Adventist education's point of view, um, we educate the, the mind, the body, and uh, the, I guess the, the soul or the spirit or whatever. Um, <coughs> but uh, from from our point, it's kind of a, a harmonious thing. So all these things are considered part of the person and to be equally developed but then we also have a greater purpose so we're not just looking to get a degree <coughs> or studying a, a, a curriculum however broad it may be uh, from the eyes of eternity it's considered narrow yeah. so the idea is to prepare the mind um, and prepare the person not only for here but for the hereafter and so that's kind of the the broad, expansive view that Adventist education takes. Um, <coughs> and I think part of it is is uh, because, um, like you said, it 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 goes with our our theology and our meta narrative. So um, when you think about the great controversy theory that we have, or meta narrative that we have, um, the the idea is that there is. Um, there was an ideal, we lost it, and uh, we're on our way to gaining it again. And part of that is preparing uh, the person, um, like I said before, uh, for the hereafter. And um, so it's embedded in our theology and in our thinking, and the need for education um, is something that we see as part and parcel of our message and our mandate on this earth to, to accomplish. So. 
I think we we kind of derive it. It could be derived from the from the great con- from the great commission, which says go make disciples, train them, yeah. uh, and and you know uh, that sort of thing. But beyond that, the, there's the uh, Adventists have always have had the idea that that our people should be um, trained and uh, uh, be able to think clearly in order to receive the the concepts of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, so <coughs> since you mentioned the gospel, the our our approach to the gospel, also our soteriology, has an impact on how we think of education. Um, there's within Christianity, there's the various groups that each has a, a, a distinct view of soteriology. So, for example, the Catholics, to Catholic salvation is um, sacramental, so they have to come and participate in the mass and and confession and and do a series of things. So that influences how they do everything else because of the view of, of, of how salvation takes place. Uh, Calvinists, for example, they believe people are decreed to be saved or lost. People who believe in once saved, always saved. They, they, they have, a, they have a, uh, this idea that the main thing is to get somebody saved and <coughs> everything else, while it is useful, um, it's not a priority. Um, for Adventists, we believe that people have the freedom to, to come to Christ, and then they, they continue to have the freedom to walk away later if needed. And part of our responsibility as leaders in the church and as uh, um, you know, ministers and, and gospel workers is to, to disciple people and help them to mature in their, in their walk with God. And that involves not just teaching them, um, you know, information so they have a broader understanding of of what theology is and what the Bible says, but it's a complete, um, just a complete uh, experience, teaching them how to walk with God on a day-by-day basis, how to interact with their social circle, uh, how to take better better care of themselves physically, um, pretty much the entire life is transformed when a person comes to Christ. So we have this sort of broad view in our in our theology and soteriology. We have this broad view of uh, how God works with people, and that affects um, our approach to education. Yeah. So <coughs> um, beyond beyond just theology, or more specifically in theology, I think. Um, there's also uh, the aspect of uh, character development. Um, I think uh, justification and sanctification play a role in our view of education. So uh, we are molding minds and characters, um, and uh, we view education as uh, something that that is a lifelong experience. <coughs> um, so um, what role does the, the Bible play in terms of shaping um, our education, uh, there are other Christian groups that um, that believe that. Um, I mean, this could be probably going more deeper than than we we plan to. But um <coughs> there are groups that that believe that the Bible is the only book that needs to be studied in order to find out everything that there is about uh, this world and the world to come. Um, however, we take a more um, broader view uh, regarding that. So we believe that the Bible does give um, answers regarding salvation and uh, the history of man 
the purpose of why we're here, um, the history of sin even, and the effects of sin on, on the world and on, on uh, creation, ecology, that sort of thing. <coughs> so for us, um, the relationship uh, of uh, the Bible to education is a, is a pretty close one but probably not as narrow as uh, some other some other groups out there. Yeah, so I, th- I think the Bible becomes the foundation on which we build everything else. Um, since I've been talking about different aspects of theology, um, our eschatology or our, our theology of end time, <coughs> of end time um, events and, and uh, what, what God plans to do at the end of the world, that also... Um, colors our approach to education as well because in Adventist theology we believe that God has uh, set aside a certain period of time uh, be it 6,000 years or or whatever it has been um, to give sin uh, its chance to to mature and manifest itself and to display to the universe what it is to, to live under sin because uh, non-omniscient beings would have no way of actually knowing that without a, without an, uh, without having the chance to observe it or experience it, and God has set aside a certain amount of time for this. But we believe that um, 1844 was a, a closing point where where God pretty much said that the the experiment, so to speak, is is close close to an end, and and now the <coughs> the the church should cooperate with God in bringing the world uh, to ready for the close of probation, the second coming. And this, this view of eschatology that we have as Adventists um, affects um, our view of education as well because we see ourselves as having a mission here. It's a very important mission. It's a crucial mission that helps prepare um, the closing scenes of this Earth's history. And... Um, in educating our children and educating ourselves and, and maybe even others that come and participate in our educational system, um, a priority is to help people accomplish this mission that we were called to have. Yeah, so <coughs> now just uh, thinking of, <coughs> I don't know why my throat is so out of it today, but apologize for that. Um, <coughs> thinking about uh, our Avenus history and the way we started with our education, so as far as I remember, um, we, um, our founders began the education system um, <coughs> in the 1870s. Uh, South Lancaster Academy was one of the first uh, uh, first academies after um <coughs> that that was uh, created and started, and then it uh, grew into a college, which is now Atlantic Union College. <coughs> Obviously, um, at Battle Creek, they had uh, an elementary school for the kids, and uh, and later, then they started sending people to South Lancaster to get educated, and and uh, and eventually they moved out of Battle Creek and uh, went to Manu Mission Missionary College, which became Andrews University, started up Loma Linda, Avondale, and other universities now around the world. Um, so Avonis have had a have had. Um, a high view of education and have uh, put in the time to to develop a lot of colleges and, and university systems around the world. Now, my question is, <coughs> I guess when we talk about Adventist education in the context of the 19th century, education as a whole, 
um, began to be systemized in the 19th century as a response by the industrialists of the day, for example, Andrew Carnegie and, <coughs> and Vanderbilt and others that wanted to have workers staff their, their industries and be productive in the work. So they created schools and colleges to, uh, to develop education. In, in the United States itself, <coughs> uh, because the United States has a, has a Protestant founding, um, ever since Harvard, which was founded in uh, Harvard Divinity School, which was founded in, uh, in 1650, um, <coughs> America has put a great emphasis on educating its preachers and later lawyers and ultimately physicians and others. So, um, but until the 19th century, there wasn't uh, a, a way to publicly uh, educate uh, children and and uh, young adults and, and that sort of thing like we have today, where almost everybody goes to school, where, where school is kind of mandatory. So Adventists grew up, or, or the Adventist church started around that time, and uh, midway through the Adventist uh, history around the 1870s, uh, a greater push uh, towards education reform was made, and uh, more and more people started to think about sending their kids to school and uh, getting their kids educated. So Adventists came along, I guess, at the right time. Now my question is, the Adventist system that we have today, is it adequate for today's economy? Uh, the degrees that we, that we give people, the system that we have, is it a system that has become a place that um <coughs> produces factory workers, or is it a system that produces thinkers and uh, people that are shaping the future. So I think that's a that's a valid question. It's it's something that we can uh, spend some time on. So looking at our purpose, our theologically based, Bible based purpose for for having an education system, is there this um, this this education system that we have? Is it serving that purpose as it is right now? Um, <coughs> so I guess we can we can launch into um, uh, a discussion regarding our modern university systems and uh, what we're creating. But uh, just looking looking back, uh, I guess 30, 40 years, um, 30, 40 years ago, we were teaching um, probably the same subjects that we're teaching today, but probably. Um, with more of an emphasis, for example, secretarial science was a big thing. My dad, when he went through through college, he did a two-year degree in secretarial science, where he learned to type and open letters and address letters and, you know, filing and filing systems and all that stuff, which is now completely obsolete. And the question is, um, when you, when I look at his life and I look at what he he finished up as a conference president. Um, but when I look at his education, there was this element where they gave him the principles of education along with the technical aspects of what he was learning uh, that allowed him to then translate and, and continue to grow in his, uh, in his capacity. Obviously, he went on and got his master's and other degrees and things like that, but he did have this foundation to build on. And my question is, today are we building on the correct foundation uh, for our students? What do you think? Yeah, so um, I think 
in general, society is at a place where uh, m most schools, secular or Christian or whatever kind of denominational schools, they're struggling with what education they could provide in a world where um, what needs to be known today will be obsolete in five, five years. You know, you might learn a programming language that nobody's going to use just a few years from now. Yeah. Um, so it seems like we're in a time when people need to learn principles. So, for example, they will need to know research methods. They will need to know logic. Um, Data science. Yeah, the, the different things that, have, uh, that become a basis for something else where they could get quick training later in specifics. Uh, and there's also the general knowledge because <coughs> that's part of the college experience is you get, uh, you know, two years or so of just general knowledge to, to kind of raise you to, to some level where you could have an intelligent conversation with people across the board in different fields. Um, but then they go into specifics and those specifics, uh, it, unlike, you know, several decades back or even a decade back, they don't seem to be able to, to have uh, longevity anymore. Yeah, so just looking at uh, the American society today, for example, in the Rust Belt in uh, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, that area, um, there's a lot of people that are unemployed. And the reason is that they got an education to fit them to work in Ford's system or GM or some other car company. And uh, now the economy has radically shifted to the point where uh, robots build those same uh, cars and, and equipment and things like that, so or put together the cars. And uh, a lot of the cars are now made elsewhere, uh, for example, in Mexico or some other place, and then shipped back into the U.S. And so although politicians will promise uh, those jobs coming back, the reality is those jobs aren't coming back because of automation. And um, so in many ways, um, education um, has failed a lot of people. And so uh, there are some people that, that don't have college degrees and they, they, they're only eligible to work in factories or that sort of thing or low-wage jobs. But even those that have degrees, sometimes they, they're just unable to get jobs because, for example, um, you, can, uh, you can get the same amount of work done in, in India. I'll give you a real example. For example, radiology uh, in medicine. You can take a picture here, send it to India, have someone view it that's a trained radiologist and send it back for the fraction of the cost that would cost for a U.S. physician to look at the same picture and render a diagnosis, which would be the same diagnosis. And in fact, even that is being uh, made obsolete with machine learning to the point where uh, machines learn how to look for cancer cells and uh, look to see uh, at the pictures and that sort of thing and what they're looking for, and they, they end up... Um, looking at the pictures, deciding on a diagnosis, and then the, the doctor confirms the, the picture and the diagnosis even faster and, re and returns the, uh, the picture. So uh, in, in many ways, machines are, are taking over our, uh, a lot of the skills that um, people were once doing. And so the question is still out there whether our education is, is catching, is on that wave. So, so basically, these are problems that are just across the board in, in the field of education. And we, as Adventists, having invested so much in education, um, we, we need to figure out how we're addressing them and how we're dealing with them. Um, let's pause this podcast here and start a new one, and we'll go on from there. <laughs> 